Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. So, a few days on from yet another uninspired performance against Nottingham Forest. On today's show, we actually start with a spicy question, and that is, can we say Steven Gerrard is the man to lead the mighty Villa forward? And we also look at why fans might be feeling disconnected from the club. But before we get into those questions, uh, Frankie, how are you? Yeah, not bad. I literally just flew back from Dundee today. I had 24 hours in Dundee. I went up to apologise for signing Kerr Smith from them. Um, <laughs> I said I went on a personal mission to say, I'm sorry, guys. I know 16 years of age, he was in your first team. He played against Rangers, but he had to come to the Villa. He had to live his dream. Um, yeah, of course. But yeah, I yeah, went up there just for work for a day. And uh, it was a uh, pretty... Very uh, beautiful, sort of gothic-looking kind of uh, city. Really, um, just very nice. Quite hipster, quite slow-key cool. Um, so yeah, you know, um, I really liked it. As as Andy Murray would say, I'm really happy. I loved <laughs> Dundee. It was fantastic. Yeah. Do you really. remember indie landfill band The View? Yes. They were from Dundee. Oh, and so mm-hmm. are Rockstar Games that made Grand Theft Auto or make Grand Theft Auto also. Very good. Did did you have any uh, Dundee cake when you were up there, Frankie? I did not. No, no. I um, it was kind of like typical like work where you just go into a cafe and you just grab whatever you can, basically. <laughs> so my diet was an absolute shambles for the last yeah. uh, twenty four hours. But um, no, I, I yeah, I, I liked Dundee. The drive around there, we drove from Dundee back to Edinburgh for to get back to the UK and. Uh, uh, just spectacular. Like Scotland really is the most beautiful place. But you would know that because your mom is from there, I, I believe. Yeah, not from, so, Dun- not, yeah. not from not from Dundee. She is from uh, she's from Glasgow. Yeah. I've been up there quite a few times, but every time I've been there, it's um it has been raining, which I think Scotland as Wales is uh, sort of famous for, which is a bit of a shame. But um yeah. I do I do like Glasgow. It's a very, very nice it's very, Yeah, very, never very been, nice. never been. And of course, Glasgow Rangers was the club uh, who Steven Gerrard um, joined us from, which moves us very nicely into the topic of today's show. So, Frankie, obviously it finished uh, one all against Nottingham Forest, bottom of the table, Forest, Mm. um, this week. So I'm going to ask you, Frankie, bluntly, is Steven Gerrard the man to lead Aston Villa forward? Well... If you're in a parallel universe and there's there's got to be one out there somewhere, the universe is infinite. And, you know, somewhere out there, people enjoy watching boring nil-nil draws. That to them is like the height of excitement. And if the mm. ball goes in the net, everybody wants a refund. They're like, nah, they can't have this. And currently, we look like a team from that parallel universe. We just are the most boring team in the Premier League. We're, we're not just the most boring team in the Premier League, we're the most boring team on the planet and maybe any planet. Um, <laughs> it it just, it's right, it's just unbelievable how ponderous and dull we are to watch. And the amount of neutrals, I swear, after every single Villa game, we've been on TV quite a lot recently, after every Villa game, the pundits are always like, that wasn't an easy watch for the neutrals, was it? That wasn't mm. an easy one for the neutrals. And it's like any neutral who dared watch it, you know, pubs all over the country, people are just asleep in the pubs. It's like a national emergency that Villa have like inflicted upon them, like a, a wrestling sleeper hold upon the nation. Um, 
So I, I don't even I don't even I don't even think neutrals can remain neutral watching it. I think they just no. take up their arms against Aston Villa. You know what yeah. I mean? They 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 become very anti Villa. If I was watching that as a neutral, I'd be like, my yes. God, Villa are a terrible team to watch. I will not watch them again. It's quite a contrast to how we were in recent years when we were like, you know, you know, for a while there, we were one of the more exciting teams to watch, I guess. And uh, it's kind of like the Simpsons, you know, when they go to watch the, so- the, the are you ready for some soccer? And uh, it's Portugal versus Mexico. And they basically they're just passing it in a triangle and the carrot, all the like players are just sort of half moving, half moving back and doing nothing all game. That's what Villa's attacking approach players like. We we it is Groundhog Day. We have repeated yeah. ourselves over and over and over again. We are tactically going forward. We don't know what to do. We have an attacking coach in Aaron Danks. We have about four thousand coaches, Neil Critchley, Austin McPhee, um plenty of others, I guess. And uh we don't know how to attack. We fundamentally don't know how to attack. And I think every single Villa fan you'll ever see will say the same thing. So the main question is, is Steven Gerrard the man to lead Villa on? I don't see how this gets better under Steven Gerrard. And I, I don't think that I'm a fan who gets like irrational. I don't think I'm one of them fans who sits in the stadium screaming, you're useless, get off the pitch, sack the manager, sack the board, all that stuff. I don't think I'm one of them people who just does that every single week, even if we're top of the league. But mm. I do think, that watching Villa, it's just been a long decline now. The facts don't lie. We have won very few games under Steven Gerrard in this year, this calendar year, probably since that three-game winning streak in March with Leeds, Southampton um, and Brighton. Uh, we've been really poor, um, but for a spell in preseason where it looked like things might be coming together and they just haven't this season. And I, you know, but for a miracle, but for it all to just randomly click and suddenly we we suddenly have some kind of progressive um, movement within the final third with all, where all our attackers look like they're confident and in clicking into gear. Um, but for some miracle like that happening, um, I, I think it is time. I, I think I don't see how this is getting better under Steven Gerrard. And I think, okay, fine. I can see the justification for not letting him go right now. Maybe they've reached out to other potential candidates and it's they're not getting the people they might perhaps want. Um, maybe they just think, you know, we need to give him time and see how it goes by the World Cup. But quite frankly, I look at the fixtures coming up and I just think I can predict exactly what's going to happen. I think I know we're just going to probably put in a decent performance against Chelsea, maybe get edged out 2-1 or something, lose at Fulham next Thursday. And then Brentford, who knows? They'll just outplay us. So, but then maybe we'll pick up like a 1-0 win. I don't know. But it's just, it's just it, this is going nowhere fast. That's that's my view on it, I think. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't feel like there's it's a project which has much legs, if you know what I mean. If this is the project, I don't really see how it's defined and, and where and where we're moving forward with it. Really, yes. um, you know, you know, Stephen Gerrard has been in charge for for a significant amount of time, and in many ways, I think he's made a rod for his own back, both in terms of how he's approached the media, um, uh, the game before the uh, Forest game, the Leeds game, which we drew nil nil. Yeah. He seemed to really bite the head off um, the local journalist Ashley Priest for questioning why he wasn't yeah. playing Cameron Archer, which is a legitimate question that oh, a lot of Villa fans yeah. are asking, and he's asking them on behalf of Villa fans. So, yeah. in a way, Gerrard is sort of questioning the thought processes of Villa fans who watch games week in, week out and have done for, for season after season. So, yeah. so that's not helped him. And also in terms of his um, uh, sort of tactical nous and um, the ability to use the squad, again, he sold 
he sold all of our wingers. Okay, you might question the ability of players like uh, Traore or El Ghazi, but but to be fair to them, you know, they when they did play, they there were occasions where they 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 played really well for us. I think El, El Ghazi's gone to Dean Smith got a tune out of them, absolutely, and 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 he's decided to let them go, which means that we're now sort of shoehorned into playing the formation that Jared wants to play, which isn't working, i.e. we're not playing wingers anymore, yeah. um, which was kind of working for us um, under under Smith. But he said, no, no, we're going to get rid of them. They're not good enough. We're going to, we, without really sort of testing them out, to be honest, which is, again, a, a, I think a, an issue. And and it it does um, relate to perhaps Gerard's stubbornness as a, as a manager and maybe as a man. Um, and and yeah, we go back to his his um, his dealings with the players directly. The whole Tyrone Ming situation, which didn't need to be yeah. a situation. Um, and I think it goes to show that Ming's the, the way Ming's came over to the fans at the end of the Forest game. You know, I, d- I didn't really see any other players came up, come over, and certainly Steven Gerrard didn't come over. Um, speaks volumes of Ming's capacity as basically a, a captain. Um, yeah. You know. Th- that's 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 what captains do they kind of address the fans and they're a bit of a, a mediator between the, the 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 players the management and and the fans as well so so credit to mings for for going for going over because that, that wouldn't have been an easy thing um and and actually it was at the forest game really which you got first sense of the the away fans which which are you know essentially the, the heartbeat of the club you know yeah. fans that do travel yeah chanting that they want gerard out that's the first time we've really heard that in the stands um and that doesn't um that doesn't bode well either for for Gerard so it's a it's a, for me it's a combination of factors which means that it's not it's not positive i don't know how things improve um yes we've had injury problems obviously Kamara and Carlos the two big name players Gerard brought in yeah um have gone down injured and, and are out for for a significant amount of time which isn't which obviously isn't great but um but but still we've got enough quality in that squad to be performing much better than we are and getting the results, yeah. which we're not against teams like Leeds and Forest, who you'd be thinking, given the investment in the squad and how on paper good our team is, mm. we should be beating and performing better against. Yes. Um so now we've got Chelsea, who uh, seem to be revived under Graham Potter, a manager who I really wanted to get in instead of Gerard when Smith was. I think we both did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was an opportunity, I think, to really stake a claim for Potter. And I think if we provide, if we gave him the idea of the project and told him there would be significant investment in the squad, you know, arguably, you know, Potter's a local lad, um, he he would have potentially been interested in it but i don't think we chased hard enough i think perhaps the question's really around perslow and his personal interest in getting steven gerrard to villa park ahead of other potential candidates at the time um i don't know but but that's what it what it feels like to me hmm. and we got rid of smith at a time when there were there weren't really a great number of candidates i remember you know we did a program at the time about who we wanted to come in and i remember we were both kind of flummoxed about you know do we want him do we want that person do we want Gerard's name was mentioned, and I don't think we were too enamoured with with that at the time. We're now we've reached a stage in the season where you know managers like Pochettino, yeah, ambitious, sure, and maybe he'd be a bit beyond us, but he's available. He's someone we could try and go after. Um, give it a go. You got to give that a go. Of yeah. course, absolutely. Um, and and you know we've we've yeah. I just I just feel like Dean Smith was given so little time to turn it around, and Gerard for for whatever reason has been given 
a much greater amount of time to 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 try and get this ship turning. And he's just game after game, we're just plodding through it, and yeah. it just doesn't feel like it's gonna it's gonna turn around anytime soon. And we're letting the season drift away. Mm. Which, which was something yeah. that you know we, we we were so pos- again. Well, you know yeah. why, why, um, you know there has been investment in the squad. Mm-hmm. There was a target set. Gerard himself said that he wanted to finish in the top ten. His ambition, and we're miles off at the moment. Maybe not in terms yeah. of points, but but in terms of performances, you know we're we're so off the pace. It's unreal. Yeah, completely. Um, and we've not had the hardest starts of the season either. You know, there's teams that we've lost to West Ham who were terrible at the time and rubbish against Villa that game. Bournemouth away, I think, are probably on paper the worst team in the league, but they've had a bit of a new manager bounce, so I think they're in a bit of a false position at the moment. Maybe they'll prove me wrong this season, but um, they just, we were awful. Um, Uninspired. Palace, they're not actually playing. They don't seem to be performing all that well this season. They played us off the park. Uh, Leeds, down to 10 men. A team that conceded five against Brentford the week before, we couldn't do anything. I mean, Watkins should have taken his chances in that game, but but still, you know, we weren't able to beat them fundamentally. Nottingham Forest back at five games in a row they've lost, and um, they were pathetic. I thought they were absolutely abject against Villa. Again, we dominated them because, quite frankly, we're a better team. But somehow we let Emmanuel Dennis score, of course, with some woeful defending from a, uh, a, a set piece, and then uh, barely created any chances. And the only way that, we scored but, but, was through yeah, but, um, an Ashley Young screamer. Yeah, absolutely. You're, that's Incredible. what we're relying on. It's just not. It's just not good enough. And and another another issue that we seem to be having is is Gerard's issue is that he's playing. He's persistently playing players out of form. Week mm. after week after week, McGinn, you can almost yeah. guarantee that Coutinho and McGinn will be in a starting eleven, and you've got yeah. players on the sidelines, you know, like Morgan Sanson, who are clearly been sort of frozen out, and they are, you know, on social media. We've talked about this before. Players like Sanson and Gilbert, they're, they're they're sort of making their thoughts clear on the situation. They're not even given a, they're not even given an opportunity. And to be honest, when Sanson has played, I remember the game against United at Villa Park a few months ago. He had a good, you know, he had a, he had a good game. He didn't, he didn't do. I think he probably, I think he might have come off injured. Which he was, made a mistake, I think, for the, for the United second goal. I think perhaps, yeah, but perhaps, but he, which which can happen. But his overall performance, I thought, was was pretty decent. And I don't think yeah. he's done enough wrong in a Villa shirt to be frozen out of the side as much as he has been. And not get any opportunity Gerard. at all. Yeah, that no. And, I, no, I, you know that 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 midfield is screaming out for some sort of injection of something different, um, and and yeah, time and time time again, you, you've got you've got McGinn still playing because again, I think it's Gerard's, um, uh, you know, he he's he's so so committed yeah. to, to McGinn as captain, he feels like he can't he can't drop him, and, he, and then he, you've he got won't. Coutinho whose form's fallen off a cliff and has done for 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 weeks, who gets in ahead of Buendia, who didn't have the greatest game against Forest. Yeah. But then how can you expect him to if he's just dripping in and out of the side, you know, every other I, week? It's I think for I, th- I think certainly for a game where we have to be more proactive, let's say Fulham away next week, I'd be tempted I'd be interested to see Dendonka start a CDM and then have Douglas Louise and Jacob Ramsey ahead of him. Yeah. Um McGinn, it's whether it's the captaincy or whatever, not look, we all love McGinn, of course we do, but yeah, he's not in form and he probably should be on the bench right now. Um 
But look, you know, uh, I think I think it's pretty obvious that we both feel like Gerard is not taking Villa anywhere, and I don't really know why we're hanging around with it now. I mean, off the pitch, perhaps as I said earlier, you know, maybe they've made approaches for managers or whatever. But um, yeah, the, the Forest game was just yet another confirmation that we just ain't got a clue. And you know, when we beat Southampton recently, one nil in another absolutely awful game to watch, and. Gerard's like yell of like delight when we won at the end of the game felt such a contrast to how I kind of felt because I felt mm-hmm. like I don't know how anyone's celebrating this because it's such it's such a like um it's like a, it's just a boa constrictor getting around your neck or something and putting you to sleep it's just um it's so tedious and it's not you know sometimes yeah fine it's about getting results in it and you put up with bad performances that win and you get your win but when it's all the time, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't know what really where Villa are going now. And you know, we, you mentioned Christian Perzel earlier and his connection to um, Gerard. Now we've we've not really spoken about Christian Perzel very much on this podcast. I don't think. Um, now I think the other day on Twitter there was a bit of a quite a storm. I noticed. I thought there was a few arguments going on with various accounts who were quite well followed. Even myself, I tweeted something that seemed to get quite a lot of reactions. And um, my my what I said basically was that um, it was more about the recruitment uh, and how in the last year we've you know signed um, you know players like Ings, but at the same time you know put him on made him a highest paid player, five year contract. I think it was age twenty nine, past his peak, um, and uh, he hasn't fitted in with Watkins at all. It was always a bit confusing at the time where he was going to fit in, where they're planning on going to a two. And the fact they don't play together and there's no way of figuring it out suggests to me there was either no plan or poor planning. And mm. it's the same thing again, kind of with Coutinho and Buendia. They're both very similar. And Coutinho, again, past his peak, probably, because he's not been playing very well for a couple of years at Barcelona um, and hasn't had any goal involvement for about 20 games now. In fact, I think he's had like one. Yeah. Um, again, you've got a question... Did we need him when we already had Buendia? And I think that was something we both brought up at some point. I think when we when we heard it was going to be 35 million for him, I don't think either of us were keen. But 17 million, you think, all right. But then you, you got to think about, fine, you know, he's a big name and maybe it will work out. Maybe they've seen stuff that they think that this is going to happen. So my question was more about like the recruitment and the planning there. It wasn't necessarily a dig at like Christian Perslow. But like, what what have you what do you make of it all? Like, how, what do you make of like? Well, when when you talk about the Danny Ings, so and what, what I would say, if I start by by talking about what I would give Perslow credit for, mm. I think he's been a very open CEO. Obviously, when we saw yes. Jack Grealish, he went on social media and explained the reasons behind the sale, which which I I appreciate, and I'm sure a lot of Villa fans do, um, because really? we don't often hear that from CEOs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and obviously he's been spearheading this redevelopment of Villa Park, which we're both very excited by. I'm sure, yeah. as are much uh, you know, a lot of Villa fans, and the rebranding of the Crest, which I believe tomorrow has been narrowed down to the final two designs, which is which is something to look forward to uh, because we'll have a look at look at that. Um, and um, and yeah, you know that that's that's I'm that's that's great. I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's he's um, he's he's behind that because I think that's 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 needed. It's if we are going to push forward, mm. but it's all well and good doing that behind the scenes. But if you're not remedying the problems on the pitch, then 
then you know that really has to come first. That has to take priority. And there was one concerning line which he dished out when we sold Greenish and brought in Ings and Bailey mm. was that he was trying to find he was trying to find Jack Grealish in in the signings that we had made. As in, as in trying to compensate for Grealish's attributes in in two or three players that we had signed, mm. which is a strange thing to to say. And and to be honest, I think what we should have done, we made the Ings, we made the Ings signing almost either the same day or the day after we we sold Grealish. The same day, yeah, the same same day, yeah, same day. Which which um, which seems to me it was more a bit of a smokescreen than a signing which had any thought, a real thought behind it, as it was like, okay, we saw Griggs. Hey, let's move on. We've just signed Danny Ings. Isn't yeah, that incredible? You could look at it that way for sure. It, yeah. it was a, it felt like a, in hindsight, particularly, it feels like it was a distraction signing rather than anything that was really thought out and, and really planned. Yeah. And I would have much preferred to take in the Grealish money and just and maybe not made a signing straight away. Uh, you know, genuinely looked at the squad after Grealish had gone and thought, okay, Grealish is gone and he was such an attribute and, and provided X amount of assists and goals or whatever. Irre- irreplaceable, really. He's irrepla- he is irreplaceable. Is. Fundamentally, yeah. he is irreplaceable. But at least what we could have done, particularly as that saga was r- was rumbling on and there was the potential that he was going to leave, yeah. planning properly for his departure and thinking, okay, if he does go, maybe what we need to do then change formation, change personnel, use that money and think about how we're going to spend it wisely. Mm. Whereas what we did do, which is, I think, maybe similar to what Spurs did when they sold Gareth Bale, was we just spent kind of a lot of money on half-decent sort of midfielders and, and Danny Ings. Um, the, the blame falls on Perslow, or the blame falls on Johan Langer, who we haven't really heard much on at all. Yeah, um, He seems to be a bit of a silent partner, doesn't he, in this whole thing? I don't know where his... Where his involvement comes in. I mean, yeah, we signed it... Augustinson and... And Olsen, who I guess are sort of Scandinavian players. I don't know if that's any of Langer's influence. I don't yeah. know, but I, I haven't seen it in what we've signed so far under Jets. So it kind of feels like, you know, who is who is calling the shots? Yeah, um, I know what you mean. The signing, the on-pitch signings don't have a great deal of, um, you know, in hindsight. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, obviously. But look, you know, we're looking at it fundamentally now. And I think there were always concerns, even at the time when these signings were made, like, well, what? Where, where, where's this? What's this all sort of building towards? What's the overall arching aim? And Kamara was a brilliant signing, in all honesty. And I think Diego Carlos would have been a really positive signing for Villa, but he, and he still may be, you know, hopefully he can come back from his injury. But I don't know, I just think in the attacking zone is where we've really struggled to get it right. Um, and it's not easy. I mean, obviously, and it's just, you know, people make mistakes, they just do. But, you know, I think with Perslow, Obviously, he doesn't have an unblemished record at Liverpool. Um, I don't think he's particularly pop- popular at all on Merseyside. Understandably, it wasn't a great time. I think it was under Hicks and Gillette. Maybe it was uh, 2010. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, you know, more recently uh, at Villa, I have to say, you know, we've lived through some absolutely abject CEOs and some abject ownership in the last... You know, mm. 20, post Doug Ellis, you know, Doug Ellis was a more conservative kind of, you know, didn't spend too much and all that. But fundamentally, Doug Ellis left us in a very good spot. You know, we were financially fine. Premier League, solid 
Premier League team and he got rid of O'Leary and brought in Martin O'Neill. And, you know, that was ultimately, he was a very divisive character and I don't particularly appreciate that it's called the Doug Ellis stand. Um, yeah. But look, you know, I, I still, I do have some affection for Doug Ellis, um, I think. But anyway, bit of a tangent there. But, um, you know, you look at uh, the other ownership, you've got Dr. Tony Gia, Randy Lerner who gave up, Keith Wyness, you know, you know, these are not people that particularly came out too well from Villa. No. And NSWE and Christian Perzo have done a brilliant job in re- revitalising Aston Villa since they walked in the door, really. And the, the investment in the U team has been fantastic. You know, we've got some really exciting young players, and that's something that always makes me excited to see young players, particularly young lads from Birmingham as well. You know, there's a lot of young guys coming through at Birmingham. The, the focus on the women's team, for instance, like Aston Villa yeah. women's has now got, you know, it's, it's far more um, focused than it. And it makes you look like an elite club. That's what yeah. all elite, all football teams should be doing is having strong youth teams, strong um, women's teams and, and men's teams. Um, and then you've got, uh, after that, you know, as you said earlier, you know, the, the consultation about the badge design, the stadium plans, all that kind of stuff. Um, these, that that's a lot of really good positive things, and you know, getting Dean Smith in as manager again, another good move. But fundamentally, I think that that Stephen Gerrard, um, it it made sense in some ways at the time because you could say he'd done he'd done a f- some very impressive things at Rangers, maybe not blown the world away, but he'd done it, it was enough that you could understand why they did it. Yeah. Um. But. I'd have always rather Graham Potter. Maybe they did make an approach with Potter. You've seen all of his staff has gone to Chelsea, so maybe that might have been a bit of a killer because that's probably a very expensive thing to do to get him out of Brighton. But I personally would have paid the money for him, but, you know, fair enough. Um, Villa aren't as wealthy as a Chelsea. But So, yeah, I think there are a lot of positives that we can take from Perslow. But um, I, I just... I do think this Gerard thing is a little bit of an albatross, and I think that is ultimately what's overhanging Villa a little bit at the moment. I think it's just the style of the play that's just leaving people a bit bored, and it's um, it's having a negative impact kind of on the whole club. And whether Perzos is is fully aware of it, I don't. You'd imagine Villa are, um, but um, I, unless this turns around quickly, I think it's just going to continue to be kind of a bit of a. People just feeling a little bit bored of it. Really. Yeah, I th- I think if if we're if we're talking about um, Perslow being open, honest, and transparent, I think it would it would mean a lot to the Villa fans if this continues. I mean, to be honest, I think we've probably reached the end point now. I think we both admit that to come out and say, listen, it was a it was a mistake. I, you know, we 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 had the best intentions. You know, we we thought that. Uh, we have ambitions, you know. Gerard is going to be, um, you know, this this really good young upcoming manager, and God knows, you know, who knows what the future holds for him. Uh, maybe at a different club, he might turn things around. But for, it just feels like a, a not a great mix. Yeah. For whatever reason, sometimes a manager and a club just don't work out. Um, you know, as I said, it worked out for Rangers with, with Gerard. It seemed like they had a good chemistry or whatever. Mm. That worked out fine. But but Gerard and Villa, and I'm sure as we'll talk about in a bit there is that disconnect between the fan base now and Steven Gerrard. And, yeah. um, I, and when that happens, it's very, very, very difficult to, to turn that round. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that's, so that is a concern. So, yeah. um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. 
And I, actually, you know, I think it's worth pointing out. So what I said on Twitter was just how, just the other day, I said, um, you know, how Villa are stuck with players that are past their peak on huge contracts. But I, I did say in that in the little thread I wrote that I, th- I wondered if I was being a little bit too, a little bit OTT with that. Um, but it, you know, if, I do think we have done that with a couple of players. Coutinho and Danny Ings probably stick out to me a little bit. Um, but there's Paddy Singh um, on online um, came back with a really good point where he said he doesn't quite agree with it. He thinks that we've got a good blend of players age-wise and we definitely now have a squad that's improved on what we had for years. But um, what hasn't improved is the tactics and coaching of the players. And um, uh, it's the coach's job to find the system that fits the players um, to their strengths. And I think that was a really good point from Paddy yeah, in response to what I sort of said. So, um, so that, and I think that's looking at it in a slightly more positive way, in the sense like we do have a, a strong squad, and it's just with the right with the, with the right man manager, it, it could turn around. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Things are heating up here on the All Villa No Filler podcast. It's already been a pretty hot podcast, if I'm being totally honest. But things are about to get very, very warm uh, now as we enter this, the spicy question. And today, George, I'm asking you. I've been hearing the term disconnected from Villa, uh, a term that a lot of fans have been using recently. Do you feel any sense of disconnection from Aston Villa at this moment in time? Well, this is this this show has been riddled with spicy questions, hasn't it? Oh um, yeah, it's just one long spicy question. It's a spicy question fest. We provide um, no answers, just questions. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very philosophical <laughs> program. Don't uh, ask us. We don't. We're like <laughs> ancient Greek philosophers, just like throwing out random questions about the universe. No answers. No, exactly. Yeah, there's no answer to any of these questions, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think, I think there is a disconnect, and as I mentioned earlier, the fact that we we've got fans in the um, away end at, at Nottingham Forest chanting that we want Gerard out speaks, you know, speaks volumes in itself, doesn't it? That they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they've clearly had enough, and they don't see that Gerard um, can turn it around. And to be honest, I'm after that result and after the last few results. Although I was, I'm, I'm, I genuinely am. When it comes to managerial sackings, I, I, you know, I would say I'm fairly mild. Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy and willing to give opportunities to managers and give them time, you know, even if results aren't particularly good. But, but more than that, I think under Gerard is the performances. Mm. I think you know, as you said, even in the win against Southampton, it was just a terrible performance, a really bad one, and that was followed up by Leeds and then Forest and. Yeah. Um, you know uh, the the, the one all draw against Man City. If we go back a few weeks now, yeah, that was that was that was good. But but you know, it's not it's not the results against the teams like Man City that's going to define our season. It's yeah. if we want to finish top ten, we need to be beating teams like Forest and Leeds. Particularly if you know Leeds go down to ten men, or you're playing a team bottom of the table like Forest, you've got to win those games of football if you're going to finish in the top ten. Otherwise, you're going to see teams leapfrog us, which they have done. And um, yeah. so it's the combination of the, the, the teams we played against, the results we've got against them and the performances, which makes me think that, you know, Gerard isn't the man for me. And I think a lot of Villa fans, you included, would, would agree with that now. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
you know, you, I think you tweeted uh, a couple of days ago about how it feels a lot like the David O'Leary end of the end of days of David yes. O'Leary when he was, I think he called Villa fans fickle. And there was a big, there was a big, do you remember there was a banner in the park? Like, We're not fickle. We just don't like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which, which, which kind of, it feels like it's very similar to that. I mean, Gerard hasn't been explicit in terms of his criticism. No, he hasn't. No, fans no. the way O'Leary had been to his kind of eternal shame i mean just don't do that don't pick don't single out the fans for criticism um but you know i kind of get the vibe that he's he's you know he's he's probably not too enamored with with how fans have have reacted to it but you know that comes with the that comes with the job that comes with the territory and if you've been given you know a fair amount of money to spend and you've 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 rubber stamped uh players leaving players coming in uh, and it is his squad now he's been here long enough now oh, to say, yeah, to say that it's Stephen Gerrard's team um then uh, yeah it's 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 you know the buck stops with you that's the way it works in football management you know you, yeah. you've got to you've got to uh, suffer the consequences of of um, your actions or inactions so um so yeah and and again on social media i don't i don't often like to use uh, twitter as a soundboard for for the entire fan base but there is a lot of fans who are unhappy with how things are going and like us can't really see or seem to see how it's, um, how it can be turned around. Um, Particularly when, you know, you, you look at, you look at the tactics, you look at the formations, you look at the personnel that are playing week in, week out, who are out of form, you know, Watkins as an example, he's a player who is out of form, but who do we replace him with? And, and if, if we don't replace him, it's Gerald's responsibility to try and give him that confidence to to you know go out and perform and and Watkins is playing like a man that has zero confidence and certainly playing like a man who doesn't really realise there's a World Cup in a couple of months well actually in a few weeks um he, he, uh, you know that should really be a massive motivation for any English striker to to try and you know to, to turn up and and perform and he just hasn't just hasn't done it um but whether that's down to what Gerard's telling him or the formation Gerard's playing, which isn't playing to Watkins' strength, I don't know. But either way, it's Gerard's job to try and fix that problem, and he hasn't done it. So, yeah, I think I think yeah, there is a massive disconnect, and um, I don't think it, it can be rectified. So, I, 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 maybe you feel the same way. Well, you know, I, I, I just back. I just feel like um, you know, watching Gerard football has turned us into a collection of Mark Lawrenceons, really. <laughs> None of I us think, really like football, to be honest. Now, yeah. I think even when you get someone like Jamie Carragher, who used to play with Gerard and probably yeah. holds him in great personal esteem, sort of criticizing the way Villa are playing under yeah, him, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of again, you sort of feel that it's, it's not great, is it? Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, I mean, you never know. I, weirder things have happened, and maybe it will turn around somehow. But like I say, I just don't think it will really. If I had to guess, and I think, I think time's up really in my mm. view if a manager is particularly if a manager another manager is available who'd want to come to Villa uh, and take on a really good squad um, but look um, you know uh... <laughs> sorry I, I was just I was just looking at Twitter I don't know if people have seen that um, Leicester City have banned people um, putting messages on the boards at the King Power Stadium um, because a lot of them have, have put sort of daft names like um Zach Brendan, 
<laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, or sorry, Zach Rogers. <laughs> um, yeah, was, yeah. was someone who tried to get his message up. Um, yeah. So they've sort of stopped from doing that. And I've just seen a tweet from a Twitter account saying, um, Steve Van Out. <laughs> like he's got a Belgian <laughs> flag next to his name. And he's asking, he's saying, Hi, Villa fans. I was wondering how to get my name on the screen at half time because it's my birthday this weekend. <laughs> And I'm flying over from Belgium for the game. Steve and Alton. Steve and uh, Alton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Um, no, I... But, uh, you know, another indication on social media of someone who would like yeah. to see Steve Van out. It it does it does feel like there's a universal language that Villa fans are talking at the moment where we're all on the same page generally. I think, obviously, look, it's, it's not... um. Mm. Nothing's black and white. Nothing's like, you know, it's not always just a simple thing of saying, you know, this guy's terrible, that guy's great, or that whatever. Of like, course. You know, some there are there are shades of grey to a lot of this stuff. But you know, I think ultimately it's just it, it, it's it's it uh, the reason for the disconnection is kind of exactly as you said, it just it, uh, Gerard he just hasn't quite endeared himself to the fan base, really. And when you see the away fans talking about how he doesn't come applaud after a game, you know, when, particularly when we've lost, it's like straight down the tunnel. That's a regular thing I see people talking about. I was at the Palace game and he didn't do it. He didn't come over there. And things like that do matter, you know. And, um, you know, uh, personally, I think that the disconnection thing, my theory on it is that, we have been through quite a unique spell where we had Aston Villa fan as a manager, Aston Villa uh, fan as a captain, our best player made technically possibly our best player of all time in Jack Grealish. And the two of them had a very special connection together and with the Villa fan base because they obviously were here with us during a very dark time and took us back, back into the Premier League right up to the moment when Grealish scored against West Ham on the last day of the season and kept us up. Mm. You know, and then on from that, the 7-2 against Liverpool and all these great moments, you know, and the 10-game winning streak, the Derby goal. And so we lived through all that. And, you know, Grealish left and then um, Sardin left not long after. Sardin, I still call him Sardin. <laughs> uh, then he left not long after. And I think coming in after that, you've got players who just can't connect with Villa fans in the same way that Grealish did. Um, just solely because they're not the lifelong Villa fans that Grealish was. It was a very unique experience and it's similar with the manager. Now, I do think that plays some part into it as to the kind of feeling of disconnect. But I think it would be fine if the manager was, you know, you know, had endeared themselves to the Villa fans in a, in a really strong way and was playing, you know, football that looked like it was going somewhere. And we'd signed players we've signed some really good players i think it's just that particularly in the forward areas that's there's no that just don't seem there seems to be a lot of square pegs round holes that kind of thing going mm. on and i think that with the style of play being so atrocious that neutrals and pundits are constantly saying how bad aston villa are to watch that is why i think there's this big sense of disconnect which is also in a way just boredom I think it's boring yeah. to watch Villa. And I think yeah. that you're seeing a lot of people, and myself included, really, you know, I, I still feel as passionate as ever about Aston Villa. There's a reason we do a podcast about them. Um, you know, I get excited every day when I, I think that I'm going to watch the Villa. I just I just do. But I don't feel excited watching Villa in the game. 
ever yeah. at the moment. And it's the style of play. Um, and it's just knowing that it's, it's they're so predictable. You're just like, Forest are going to sit back and I don't think we're going to be able to do anything against them. They were 4-5-1, I think, in the first 10 minutes watching it. And I was like, I bet we can't break them down. I bet we don't know what to do. Same with Leeds. And it's just, I think it's that. I think that's a big part of the disconnection. It's the style of play. It's the boredom, mm. as well as all those other things as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, um, uh, uh, how do I explain it? It's like... Um... So Prime have spent a lot of money on Rings of Power, that new Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. You know, like we've spent a lot of money on players. So there's there's a lot of expectation, a lot of a lot <laughs> yeah. of hope that it's going to be, you know, really, really good. Like really good. Mm. And then, you know, I started watching it. I was like, it's 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 not great, is it? It's just it's, and then you start to think, and you just you just think, you know, it's not it's not bad enough that it's t- terrible, as in, you know, like Villa, we're gonna get relegated. I don't I don't see us getting relegated. There are worse clubs than us. But it's it's not what I wanted or expected, and a lot of money has been spent, so I'm kind of disappointed. And I find myself going on my phone a lot while I'm watching it. Yes, it's the same with watching the villa. You know, yeah. it's neat. I was like, oh my god, I'm just, I feel myself just bloody doom scrolling on Twitter rather and, than actually watching the game. And you know, per, Christian Perzo did say when Dean Smith went, it was about continuous improvement and a year now of Gerard, and we haven't improved. If anything, nope. we've re- regressed. Yeah, um, agree. and we're yeah, continuing yeah. to regress. And um, as you say, I think the Rings of Power comparison is uh, pretty apt. To be honest, uh, we're not we're not House of the Dragon, which uh, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed, to be honest. I've, I've, yeah. I've liked it. Um, yeah, no, we we need. Um, who in House of Dragon would you compare Gerald to? Oh, um, oh God, I'm trying to think of a boring character. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely no, not Matt there, Smith really? as Damon Targaryen. No, yeah, God no. He, he's not. he's Erling Haaland. He's Erling Targaryen. <laughs> he's just doing whatever he wants. And yeah, um, Gerard is uh, maybe like an extra. Just brings a cup in. Refill, sire. Refill. Yeah, instantly um, forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Which no, is what Villa yeah. are right now. Yeah, no, we really are. We really are, and we're better than that. We yeah. are better than that. And um, that's a, and that's the thing. Ourselves. I think we're not. You know. We're not here slating the board and all that. I, I, I'm still really happy with what the board's done at Villa since they joined us. Um, I just think that we're currently in a moment where we're, we've got a managerial appointment that just hasn't worked out, and sometimes that's what happens. And yeah, yeah. Behind just, the scenes, as, as I said, you know, I can't really, I can't really fault them. I think they've got really good ambitions for the club. I think, I think we are in a good place, and I think particularly when you compare it to how we were. Under, not too long ago, you know, year, and not too not too long ago in the championship when we were really struggling and having we struggling to, to unable to pay HMRC, yeah, all like that, that stuff. You know? yeah. I mean, just just really terrible things were happening to us. So yeah. the, the from where we were there to where we are now, we've come on leaps and bounds, and I really really do respect and appreciate the owners for for dragging us out of that mess. Yeah, and they're still doing great work, as I say, behind the scenes with the redevelopment and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's that kind of just look at what you're seeing on the pitch and have a listen to what fans are saying. And I know there's strong rumours of um, the owners coming to watch the game against Chelsea day. And it will be interesting to to kind of see if that is the case, how they perceive the fan reaction to, to the team and to Gerard in that game. I mean, who knows? We could pull out the bag against Chelsea and... Loaded against City, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
but um but but you know that's not that's one game and i think you know long term it's just for me it's not working out it's not working out and yeah. it, because it's just it's just you nip it in the bud now and then really think about you know who 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 is in a position to take us forward and who you know you know maybe maybe a consultation with the fans or whatever just have a think about about it because yeah it just it's gerard is just not the right fit for for the club um so we can find someone who's a bit more might know my personal pick obviously pochettino would be the dream would it happen i'm not confident uh, a, a potentially realistic one might be Brendan Rodgers. I understand that Leicester are doing poorly and didn't do great last season, but he's won the FA Cup recently. He's been, had your, Leicester competing for Champions League, Europe, you know, top five the last few years. So I do think he'd be quite a good fit at Villa. Um, if he comes in and does if... badly, I might change my name to Zach Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pinky McGuire and Zach Rogers hosting yeah. this week's episode of All Villa yeah. Affair. And then I'm like going back and furiously deleting this episode. I never no. I never said get Brendan Rogers. No. Never. Gas gaslight everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I could I, could, I th- yeah, I think that's probably more that's probably more realistic. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one thinking it would probably be um you know, the Leicester owners might be biting our hands off to take to take to, for us to take him off their hands so they don't have to pay yeah. him any compo. But um, but yeah, maybe maybe it's one of those things where he just needs a fresh challenge because you know he has proved it at a lot of clubs that he's he can be successful. Mm. You know, maybe that seems like a sensible a sensible move. I don't yeah. know. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say no. He's a good coach. Um, but we'll see. If you have thoughts, Aston Villa fans, mm, our listeners, yeah. email us allvillanofilla at gmail.com. Let us know or just tweet us. Villa no filler. We get we're getting a lot of tweets at us. I've yeah. been getting a lot of tweets at me in the last week. <laughs> uh, for various opinions I may have expressed online. So uh, yeah, just uh, get in touch and let us know if you think who what ideas you might have for who could potentially replace Gerard if that were to come to be. Of course, he's still the manager. Of course, we still support him because we want Villa to do well. Um, but I think we're both at the conclusion that it's not working out. Yep. And there we are. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I have been your host, George Delinsky. Frankie, I will catch you later. Catch in a bit, George. Up the villa. Up the villa, as always. And it is goodbye from me. As I say, we'll be back again to review... The Chelsea game on Sunday could be an interesting one, that one. Uh, But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.